Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Gnome Crew's harrowing journey into the depths of Kedge Keep and Karnor's Castle. As always, we want to thank you for subscribing to our show and leaving those amazing ratings. Now, on to the show. Kedge Keep and Karnor's Castle. Two infamous zones in one episode. Wow, this is going to be a good one. I cannot wait to dive in. First, some lore. First the Temple of Droga, and then the City of Mist. Huh. I can't take this anymore. There's no direction. We've been wandering around aimlessly for weeks. Ever since we acquired Ixar's skull necklace in Kasora, I've been having the same dream again and again. In the dream, I'm writing something on a piece of parchment. But what is it that I'm writing? The next morning, I immediately write down as much as I recall from the dream. K-E-E-P. What can this mean? Keep what? I then recall seeing a map of Fedor behind a piece of parchment. I must have been jotting down a location. The only keep I know of in that area is Kedge Keep but it's been abandoned for centuries. There must be something of importance there. Without consultation, I immediately teleport the group to the entrance of the key. <laughs> Should have seen the look of confusion on their faces as Nerf and Perf scurried through his spellbook for enduring breath. However, Reaper, the necromancer, stood still as a statue, unfazed and unamused. I didn't expect anything less from such a stone-cold killer, especially after the events at Splitpaw. We then entered the keep and stood in an open-tiered chamber that was illuminated by underwater plant and fish organisms. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. This was the home of the ancient Kedge race I've read about in my studies. They were aquatic beings created by Praxis, who mysteriously disappeared from the seas of Norath. We continued our journey into the keep until we came upon a large circular room and heard something swimming deep below. As we peered down over the edge of where we were, we saw the strange robed sea creature accompanied by gigantic seahorses headed straight towards us. Hello, Evernerd. My name is Finnegal Atropos, and I am a wizard like yourself. I am the last of the Kedge race who were destroyed many times ago by my own doing. One day, while I was casting a spell in the Temple of Praxis, intense hurricane power began to ripple through these halls, killing everyone in its path. How I survived, I do not know. I believe it was fate. The event haunts me to this day. But from such horror came an increase in my arcane abilities. I have since been made aware of a warrior named Nagafen, who calls himself Lord of these lands. I will not stand challenged by such a simpleton. I would take care of him myself, but I am unable to travel on land for extended periods of time. Nor am I able to travel to the land full of lava, where he resides. I have called you and your team to help me complete this task, in exchange for a reward. 
I will bestow upon you this blue crystal staff, which is one of the pieces required to obtain the coveted staff of the four. This fish-like character intrigued me. Not because he was the last of his race or one of the most powerful wizards in these lands, but because he assumed we would trust him. But what other option do we have at this moment? He could clearly destroy us if he wanted. Plus, the staff of the four he speaks of is quite epic from what I hear. I tell him we'll be back and quickly teleport the boot to Connor's castle so that we can pick up the gnarled staff, which is another piece required to obtain the staff of the four. Perhaps we can use the final staff in our fight against Nagafin. Days later, we finally make it to Conor's castle. The halls of this castle are filled with troll vargs, cursed hands, and undead. A slight memory of her time spent in unrest comes to mind. I sense a presence here that I've not felt since Kasora. Turns out to be the reincarnated Ixar vampire, Venral Sathir, that we heard about in Kunark. We eventually approach Venral's room and begin to discuss a plan of combat when Nerf and Perf transforms into his human illusion and runs directly toward Venra as he yells, Captain Nerf and Perf! Kiefer follows his lead, while Walk Don't Run, Reaper, Ticklewinks, and I lie still in shock and confusion. Bones. That's what I hear hit the ground as the sound echoes through the halls, followed by a return silence. Their flesh was nowhere to be seen. It's as if Venral consumed their bodies and spit out their remains. <coughs> I immediately summon their bones and teleport the group to the plane of knowledge to seek the resurrection. Well, uh, Evernerd once again lifts the bar up on the uh, stories here. That was fantastic. I thought that was great. Carlos, what did you think of the war? Agreed. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I think our audience is really going to like that. I know uh, it caught me on the edge of our seat. And so we'll kind of jump in now uh, to to what exactly happened on these daring expeditions. So, Derek, since you led them, can you begin by re-summarizing the lore that you provided in the overview of Kedge Keep here uh, and kind of give us some context? Sure. So to resummarize the lore, uh, Kedge Keep is on Fadewer and was home to the Kedjin race, which looks like weird fish creatures or like Finnegal for those who have seen him. Finnegal is one of the most powerful wizards in Norath. One day he cast an unknown spell in Kedge's temple of Praxis, the god which he serves. Something went wrong with the spell and forces of energy rippled through the halls of Kedge, killing everyone within except Finnegal, which makes him the last of his race. So to survive in the underwater keep, uh, when you enter, you require enduring breath at all times because it's underwater, entirely underwater. One player named Free Kitty Fireclyde, who wrote an in-depth article about Kedge, rightly stated that the most deadly killer in Kedge Keep is AFK, meaning that most players die not from the mobs that reside within, but from losing enduring breath while going AFK. So you have to always be at your computer when you're here. He also stated... In his article that in the early days of EQ, zones like Lower Guck and Soul B were so overpopulated, you had to sometimes wait hours for a group at the zone entrance. But if you went to Kedge Keep, 
you'd be the only player in the zone. So you'd have the entire thing to yourself to hunt. The same holds true today, largely in part due to the need to have enduring breath and also due to the level of difficulty it takes to maneuver through the zone. The zone is set in vertical levels that you must swim between and is also very maze-like with plenty of tunnels, making it easy to get lost. You know, so Catch Keep is like this famous old school EverQuest zone, and I was super excited to visit it because I had never been there before. So let me just kind of break down my thoughts and let you know what I thought about our time there. So first, I'll start with the theme. Catch Keep's theme is super cool, very on point. It's an underwater city, lost ancient civilization. I mean, what's not to love, right? It's it's classic. Now, the theme is extremely unique because I think it's the only underwater zone in classic EverQuest, and it truly shines in that regard. So for the theme, I give it an A+. Let's talk about the mobs. You got little exploding fish, seahorses, sharks, mermaids, and the notorious Finnegal Atropus himself, also known as Finny. Um, I have mixed feelings as the mermaids and Finnegal are cool, but for being like a level 40 plus zone, I felt the sharks and seahorses were a little bit lackluster. Uh, I give the mobs a solid B. I would have liked a little bit more diversity there. Boot. Lots and lots of wands. There's the wand of ice, wand of shadow, wand of mana tapping, blazing wand. It's like it's a wand thrift shop up in Catch Keep. I don't know why there's so many wands. But there's also some famous items here that I remember from back in the day, such as the prayer shawl, uh, very good for wisdom-based casters. There's the robe of the kedge and the shark jaw cutlass, which looks kind of cool like a jagged sword. There's a little bit of everything in here for all classes, so I give that an A-. minus. Execution. Okay, so here's where I run into a problem with the zone, the, the execution itself and how it's laid out. So you need enduring breath. Uh, and getting you know lost all the time in the weird up and down hallways that make no sense. It's just disorienting. I feel the zone is very unique and innovative, but I see that this has a lot of the same problems that um, in- unique environments have in D&D. For example, you think the players are going to go to this cool environment, have a really cool, fun time there. But all the environmental effects just suck the fun out of the play. Swim speeds are slow. There's awkward movement. There's disorienting pathing for the mobs. So in that regard, the execution falls a little flat, and I hate to admit that it really hinders the zone. This, in my opinion, is why there are probably no other underwater zones in all of Classic EverQuest. It sounds really cool on paper, but it's annoying as hell in reality. So I give the execution a D. Carlos, what do you think? So uh, this became the, the zone review by Anthony, huh? So here's the question. Overall, uh, since you had the theme mobs, loot, what is it, loot and execution, so what do you give it overall? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, it's definitely at least a, a B. Um, I think that B would wear off over time, though it might drop to a C. It could just get very kind of, <laughs> you right. know, boring. And once the, the uniqueness, which is the strongest point of the zone, wears off, I think it just becomes bothersome. Uh, if that makes sense. So, and then we're talking about, and I'm looking at this from a purely agnostic perspective. What I mean is from a design perspective of pretend that all the zones uh, have the equal amounts of population in them. So, you know, catch keep may have been good because in the old days, lower guck was always packed. But if you take that away, right. you know, you know, apple to apple, the catch keep experience is kind of rather painful. There's, there's not a lot to have fun with except for the theme, which is cool. I'll give it that. But like, again, I think it's a little bit ahead of its time with the pathing just didn't work out right. The fish move really weird in there. Um, 
and ultimately it, like it's not fun to swim really slow have to have enduring breath on if you're a caster and you get hit you like float back and it ruins your casting um i, I don't know so i was it, it just the environmental effects again maybe it's just a personal pet peeve it wore on me gotcha would you uh would you visit it again would i visit it again i would visit yeah. it again if i needed an item from there would i visit it again and hunt there right um i don't know i mean now this would change i know like on p99 i've heard that the experience modifier is really high there so if this was like a server like p99 that i was playing on instead of a tlp and experience is hard to come by maybe the experience boost would actually make me like think it's worth it because i'm leveling up faster on the tlp yeah i didn't really notice a significant difference in the experience that i got in catch keep versus any other zone so no i would not hunt there normally. <laughs> right so if there is some kind of benefit then you would definitely do it and there there is not none of that yet you can go elsewhere um i don't know if, uh, if derek how you felt about about uh catch keep would you actually hunt there uh on a regular basis or I, I never want to see that place again in my entire life. <laughs> okay. The only the only way I'd go back is to is to kill Finnegal. That's it. <laughs> we didn't we didn't Finnegal. get to do that. But yeah, yeah like yet you said, it's there's just so many bad features. Like if you go there by yourself, you need a potion of enduring breath. Right. And then you can't run fast. You can't use so or something to evacuate the zone if you get into trouble. You have those little fish that do four hundred plus damage if you aggro them. Yes, when they explode is, and and you could get easily lost within because when you look at the map, since everything's the map is laid out vertically, it is extremely hard to decipher. Right, you got to find a special map online. Yeah, if you get separated by uh, from your group, uh, (laughs) you can't use the map to figure out where they're at. Sometimes, yeah. Um, What about you? It is it is an interesting take, and I, I do wonder. If what you were saying, um, Anthony, what you're mentioning about the mechanics and and how the zone is, I wonder if that's why it's a one-hit wonder. That's why you probably don't see it as much. Um, It makes you wonder, is it the developers? When I was like, all right, here you go, free. You have complete freedom to do whatever you want in this zone. Go at it. Go think outside the box. And they came with this. And in my opinion, uh, I can really see that they took their time creating this zone. And... The variety of the mobs uh, that are there, they stick to that water theme, and I think it makes it quite enjoyable uh, since it's one of the most unique uh, zones that we ever visited. And within it, you know, following that theme, you had the mobs, like you were saying, the swordfish, the hammerheads, uh, uh, the hammerhead sharks, I think they were called bull, bull sharks, the ones that look like hammerheads, and yep. the seahorses, and like you mentioned, Derek, uh, the, the exploding sailfish. These cute little adorable, what is it, green fishes that you know move around and then they get this four hundred AOE damage, pretty crazy. Um, but I have to agree with both of you. Exploring was a bit of a pain because of the fact that uh, you're swimming. It's not really the conventional, you know, quote unquote, flat layout of a dungeon. You have a more vertical uh, layout um, that that you have to traverse. And I am curious, Derek, uh, did you run into any issues casting that AOE spells um, in that? In the zone, did you get any aggro from other mobs that were probably, you know, wandering around and vertically from us? Did you ever see any ads that way? 
So I remember aggroing the little fish that roam around everywhere, the ones that blow up for 400 damage. Now, most of the time, uh, we resisted the damage that they did. I think it was magic-based. But um, I do remember an issue, I believe, when there was a mob in front of us, and below that mob was some other mobs. They had like 30 feet down. I, I can't recall 100% for sure, but I think when I cast an AoE, it also hit the mob below. But I can't, I can't verify that because it is weird. Like, what if there was a mob above? You right. know, when you cast an AOE spell, does it start like a foot above the mob's head and rain down, and then only go five feet below the starting point, or does it go indefinitely down to anything underneath it, or does it go indefinitely high and low? I don't know. That's yeah, an that's, interesting question. That's what I was curious about, especially because you see so much of that in within the zone. Yeah. Once once I ran into an issue or two, I stopped using AOE spells for times when when it was questionable, when there were mobs mm-hmm. above or below, or when there was uh, roaming fish around. Yeah, it was um, interesting. And I remember, like, for Nerf and Perf, I don't think I remember any weirdness with AOE. I mean, I had my AOE mez, and that worked fine. But, you know, I just remember the pathing being really weird and funky. Like, when we would pull a mob, the, the shark would go into a weird pattern and, and it would like double back and it'd pull something else. That was kind of like the most frustrating part for me. And it was the pathing. But I, I mean, I, I overall, I did enjoy the, the zone uh, because of it. It was quite unique and there was a lot of details uh, when they were building it. They really took a good amount of time building this out and making those unique mobs. I would go back, but not, not to hunt. Just to explore, I, I would love to go back and and uh, and check out the zone with a little more detail. When we don't really have to worry about the mobs and them attacking you, and you can actually explore more in depth. Yeah, I, think. I agree with that. Like, I think from an aesthetic perspective, it's actually one of the most unique looking zones, especially when you consider classic EverQuest with the original three continents. Like, there is right. nothing else like it. The um, the graphic design of the walls and everything has like, like the sunken ruins and there's like mosaic tile patterns on it. So it's all like unique. It's very fresh and it is kind of fun to look at. So the theme is very immersive and I do recommend, even if you're not going to hunt there, like go there and explore it because it is, it it is actually really cool and immersive and the lore I think behind it's neat. Now we did end up fighting uh Finnegal, Y'all remember that when we challenged Finney for a, a duel? Yeah, I forget whose whose great idea that was. Our ten second battle. And yeah, we got so. I well, think we what happened, Carlos and I were able to pour it out of there, I believe. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, I was. What what we did was we went into the, the room and we looked down. There's like these five seahorses, right? So I pacified all of them, <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pull Finney up. Now I think this is probably. Due to our, we probably watched Zade God kill Finny, and we thought like, "Oh, this is going to be easy with our guys." Yeah, but we were like level what forty three or something like that. Yeah, we were super low level, but you know, we were we were dumb for even trying. And so I pulled him, and I remember he like just like shows up, and just like, bam, hits Nerf and Perf, Nerf and dead corpse goes flo- flying across <laughs> the water, and and is dead. And then he slayed like half the party. You know, it was horrible. He hits hard. Holy crap. Yep. You know, we'll go. We'll get him again one day. So, yep. Derek, Derek uh, back over to you now. So, can you give us an overview of Carnor's castle, the loot, 
types of mobs and any other things you found within. All right. So to find lore on Carnor's Castle, I had to refer to multiple sources. It's one of those zones that it's there's you know there's information here, there's a little information there, and you got to piece it all together. So here it is. In our past episode on Kasora, we mentioned Ryles of feared thwarting his father's his father's ritual of immortality and assuming control of the Ixar Kingdom. He then ordered the construction of Kern's Tower, another tower named Caraticus in the Warslake's Woods, and Kasora. He also ordered the construction of a southern Ixar stronghold and torture facility in Kunark called Karnor's Castle, which was named after a hero of the first Ixar Empire. Ryle was later killed by Trachanon, the dragon in the ocean. Karnor's castle was eventually overrun by giants under the command of a giant hero named Warslick, which I assume Warslick Woods is named after. Centuries later, someone discovered Ryle Sathir's corpse along with the amulet he wore that contained Venral Sathir's corpse at the bottom of the ocean. Using magic, they transferred Venral's soul into Ryle's body. Venral the Vampire then returned to Kunark, stole the amulet of Drolakis from a shaman leader of an Ixar tribe named Thuga Dengible in the city of Drolakis. He used the amulet to transform all of, the, of Thuga's Ixar followers into wolf-like slave beasts named Drolvargs and then took residence with them in the then-abandoned Karnor's castle. If you visit Karnor's castle, the types of creatures you will now find there are Drolvargs, Skeletons, Undead Ixars, and Sarnaks, and Cursed Hands. Here there is a lot of good loot in the zone, but one of the most unique items found there is Venril's Lycanthrophic Staff, which allows its carrier to transform themselves into a wolf form, granting them 60% increased run speed and 51% increased attack power. Hey, that's pretty cool. I didn't know all that like lore, and I'm glad you, you know, shed some light on it because it really kind of gives some dimension to the zone now. But Carnor's Castle, home of the legendary and heroic charge, led by Captain Nerfenperf to defeat Venral Sathir once and for all. You know, actually, for everyone in the audience, I have to give some context to what happened so you all know the true story of, of that day. The gnome crew is deep within Carnor's castle, destroying mobs, taking names, and we're fighting our way deep down into the castle to a room just outside Venral Sathir's lair. If this were a movie, all right, we'd have an epic Howard Shore musical shore blaring. Captain Nerfenperf turning to his trusted allies as he points towards Venral, slowly smiles like Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, except imagine when Aragorn rushes forward towards Mordor and like literally no one follows him into battle. That's, that's what happened here. Okay. So the captain Nerfenperf was betrayed and left to die a martyr as his brethren watched on and gated the hell out of there. All right. But let it be known that if you ever grace the halls of Karnor's castle, pour one out for poor captain Nerfenperf and Kiefer. He was the only one who followed. So he didn't betray me. But the two brave souls willing to give their lives so that <laughs> others might live. The true heroes of EverQuest, worthy of praise. And I think we're going to do a, a fund on GoFundMe to put a plaque there. Okay, so no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, that was the true story, everyone. 
Tish, tish. Mm. I, I think, yeah, I think, I think you might have gotten the references a bit confused. Those Lord of the Rings references, Anthony. Um, but do you remember um, in the Fellowship uh, when they were in the Mines of Moria, and then Pippin goes and touches one of the corpses that was sitting on top of a, of a well, and it just falls down, and it just clank, clanks and crashes everywhere, and makes all that noise, and then waking up all the baddies. I think that's how I remember it. I don't know about you, Evernerd, but what I remember is that Nerf and Perv was walking around just marveling at this side. It's like, oh, guys, come take a look at this. Come take a look at that. And then without even – and he didn't realize that he actually disturbed Venril himself. So then Venril comes you know, rushing at him. The rest of us were wise enough to get the heck out of there. And then poor Nerf and Perv obviously is going to be shredded like a piece of paper – and, you know, Kiefer was like, oh, all right. And he shrugs and this, all right, guys, I'll, I'll take care of this. And he was kind enough to take one for the team and stay there getting hit by, by this guy while we were able to hightail out of there and find, go for the exit. That's how I remember it. I don't know about this whole hero. Of <laughs> yeah, I think it, you think you're getting there. What I remember is, uh, you know, Nerf and Perp doesn't really have much going on for him. So he wanted, I believe he wanted wow. to die <laughs> He wanted to die a martyr so that he could have some sort of recognition in his life. But wow. here's, the, here's the thing, though. We knew we couldn't fight him. He's like, he was like a 55, I think. Exactly. No, he's yeah, 55 or 60. Yeah, he's we a raid mob. Yeah, you think Nerf and Perf actually cons mobs? No. No. A level <laughs> is a, doesn't even phase me. I haven't conned a mob since we started playing. I just target and I attack. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. You ha- here you have an enchanter, and instead of standing afar and casting a spell, he rushes in to do melee combat. Tell me if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. And he doesn't even have a melee. He doesn't even have a melee yeah, weapon on him. A couple books. No, he has the steins, yeah, right? Have the stein, double steins, baby. Exactly. You're double steins. Steins. You know, there's a stein that drops in here. It's called the Soul Binder, and it's a Shatter Knight weapon. It's like I don't know, 23 damage, 30 delay or something like that, but it's a stein that's used as a weapon. And uh, what it does is it binds your soul with the target that you're attacking, and so you slowly consume its life force and acquire hit points or something like that. Oh, It's interesting. Oh. What's the name of it? Soul Binder. Huh. That'd be cool if that was like a PK weapon. And it soul binds the person's soul to the spot where you kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. That's what I thought it was originally. I thought it was originally like you right click and then, you know, it binds your soul. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. But um, no, it was it was something else. But that would be funny. You bind someone, you're attacking somebody in the uh, ocean of tears and they're trying to run away from you and you bind their soul at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you would do that. Bakerman <laughs> player killer. Oh man! Imagine you die if you bound them. Okay, let's say you you were attacking somebody in Kedge Keep, and you bound their soul there, and then every time they reincarnated, they would just die again because they couldn't survive. It'd just be an endless stream of deaths. Like you, you know, it's happened in the past. Like if you were in a group and your internet shut out for two hours, right, and then you come back in and you don't have enduring breath anymore or quickly runs out and you couldn't make it out in time, you die. No one else is in that zone and you keep popping up over and over again in the zone. You just keep dying over and over and over again. You'd have to log out and you'd have to send an email to somebody to, to fix that. 
Didn't that happen to you back in the day? I remember, like, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but yeah, it was. In, like, it, West, it was in West Corona. West Corona, yeah. So there's um, I was a gnome. I think I was a gnome wizard, and I traveled to. There was an ogre camp there, a bunch of ogres, and I think I was in Viz, and I I forgot I was in Viz. So when I got next to the ogres, I'm like, oh, they're friendly ogres. They're not attacking me. <laughs> so so i cast uh, i bound my soul there and as soon as i bound my soul they killed me no <laughs> and they were much higher level than me so then every time i popped up it was like dead 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 and and i i think i had to log into another character and send a gm a message to remove me from that area that's so horrible <laughs> yeah oh, binds themselves to a no oh <laughs> Oh my I remember that day. That was a bad day because that was back in the day when, if you got killed, it was that was hours you have to play to get back. Oh, yeah, this was in what two thousand. Yeah, man, that's, that's horrible. But well, any uh, any final words here, gentlemen, before we uh, wrap it up? All right. Well, yeah, that's all we have today, adventures, and we want to. Thank you all for listening, and we hope we've earned your subscription and five-star rating or review. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us on Twitter. At hey, one last thing. Okay, what's up? <laughs> Interesting. I was going to mention this really last. Interrupted. Man, wow. I'm on, I'm on a roll here doing the outro. I literally gave you like a 10-second break. And then you're going to do that? Oh, yeah, because you cut me out last time when I was going to say this. So now oh, I'm going to cut you out. So <laughs> this is interesting. You know that when you look at the map of Velius, right, like the general map of the whole continent, you will see three uh, scar marks across the whole continent. Okay. And in the lore, it says that's the scars of Vishan. And I, I think one there's um, uh, an actual, what do you call it? The expansion. What the hell are you doing? Oh, here's okay. Oh, yeah, scars Velius. Okay, so here's the thing: if those are the scars of the dragon, then how can a dragon that's so small create scars so big? What? (laughs) The scars go across the entire continent. It says that's the dragon. The dragon scratched the continent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Vishan is like a is like a. I think it's like a size of a planet or something. I don't know. Them. Yeah, I think Vishan is like a big, massive dragon. Uh, but look it up real quick. All right. Well, and hey, let's see here. Uh, sorry, guy, the mother of all dragons. Vishan <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was the first and the mo- the known deities of the to notice Norath. So she's the goddess of the sky and mother of all dragons. I'm oh, sure she's pretty yeah. huge, pretty big. She's big. Yeah. She's, big she's not from Norath. She may no. Them. She if okay. So remember the uh, okay here 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 it's all coming back to me now. You remember the video at the opening of Classic EverQuest, like when you had original EverQuest, there yes. was a video that would play, and it had this like dragon that came by and it shot fire or something onto the planet Norath, and it like it became, yeah, it's like in the beginning there was <laughs> dragons, and then it's like. And then you have like the people on the boats like we and then it's a little yeah oh yep. that's jumping out of the jailer ogre sail like ah! <laughs> so that's, that has to be Vishan. so it's that like, has to be Vishan. Yeah. yeah yeah it says she's a goddess of sky and mother of all dragons yeah and she deposited her dragon children onto the 
planet. What, what random question? What, where did this come from? Why, why were you so? I don't know. I was doing some. Movies? I was doing some research, and then I stumbled upon that. I'm like, that's interesting. I never noticed it. When you look at the continent, you see these three scar marks across the entire continent. I'm like, ah, yeah. interesting. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> look, everybody out there. In two weeks, we'll be discussing our adventures in Nagafin's Lair and Lower Guck. We'll oh, wait, see wait, wait. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> We're closing the show. Right, Go ahead, Carlos. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah.